Next on this best of BYU Sports Nation, inside the mind of a college football conference commissioner, Mike Oresco of the AAC on how a Big 12 shakeup could affect his conference and Brigham. Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich on a Big 12 response to their college football playoff snub and the latest on BYU football recruiting. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Merry Christmas. Wait for it. Eve, BYU Sports Nation. On your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Wednesday, December 24th. My name is Spencer Linton, teamed up with Santa's fabulous administrative assistant, Jerem Jordan. Well, good thing I'm, like, super tan from Miami, because that was awesome. (laughs) We had fun in Miami. (laughs) wherever and however you're dialed in great to have you with us it's christmas eve do you have any christmas eve traditions generally we opened one present that night which is very exciting so it's like do i open the biggest heaviest present do i open a small one and save stuff for the next day that's always the you debate. got to pick it yes wow yes okay i don't remember how or why i might have insisted at some point <laughs> that i pick it i don't know how about you uh, we used to play Christmas bingo when I was a little kid. Yeah. I loved that. You know, we stopped it when I was like 10 or 11, but that was, that's like always my favorite Christmas you, Eve memory. Did you win? What? Like yeah, there were prizes. There were presents that you got to open. So you'd open like oh, okay. five little presents after yeah. you won bingo like five times. You know what I'm done with though? White elephant gifts. I just, okay. I've, I've just been to the dollar store too much lately. I think I have the <laughs> most horrific white elephant story that happened just a few weeks ago. Do we have time for this? Yes, you do. It's really fast. But this shows you no, no. This shows you how evil my cousin is, who was a huge Utah fan. Oh yeah, naturally. His his white elephant gift was a picture of the moment Taysom Hill was breaking his oh, leg, wow. and I'm wow. like, really, dude. That's really? pr- that's pretty messed up. I wanted to run outside and scream and yell. That's the, really messed up. I was like, dude. I, is there no line? I expect that from a Utah State guy, not a Utah is guy. Is there no line? Wow. Yeah. I, now I'm just angry. It's Christmas Eve and I'm angry. <laughs> is that supposed to happen? <laughs> Birth yeah. of the Savior is supposed to be happy. Beat the Utes, man. Beat the Utes. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Earlier this month, we talked to AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco after college football's version of Selection Sunday. And what an interesting time that was with the Big 12 getting snubbed. Listen to what he had to say about the possibility of a shakeup in the Big 12. The Miami Beach Bowl matchup is set Memphis and BYU. Why did you feel like you wanted the Tigers and Cougars in South Beach? Well, thanks, uh, Spencer, for having me on, and good morning to you and Brian. Uh, well, we, we certainly wanted BYU in the bowl because BYU brings a, a national profile, a tremendous history and prestige, and, and an excellent team as well. Uh, and great people and fans. And Memphis is our one of our co-champions this year, one of our tri-champions. And uh, they, they wanted to go to Miami Beach and, and play BYU. Uh, you know, as you know, UCF played BYU this year. And although UCF is in Florida, you know, that we didn't want to rematch. Uh, so it made a lot of sense to send Memphis down there. You know, this is going to be become a, a premier bowl game. ESPN is televising it, televising it on December 22nd and will in future years. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, close to a sellout, if not a sellout, uh, great weather. So it, it's really just a nice bowl. And I know some of the writers have already said it's one of the bowls they're looking forward to, one of the uh, really premier bowls this year. They're going to look forward to seeing our one of our champions and uh, play BYU. Mike, what should all BYU fans know about the current state of Memphis football? 
Uh, Memphis, uh, uh, Justin Fuente did a remarkable rebuilding job. Uh, you know, he's only been there a few years. Uh, last year they were three and nine, but you could tell that uh, they were becoming very competitive. They almost beat UCF last year. You all know how good they were. And uh, they had some tough, heartbreaking losses. I know they lost a tough one at Houston. They became a, uh, and a tough one to Cincinnati. They became a really good team. Uh, and he did it the right way. You know, he built a lot of depth there. And uh, he's got a great program, uh, got great kids. Uh, Paxton Lynch is an outstanding quarterback. He's six seven, and he and he can throw. Uh, he's got a terrific defense, and it's a veteran defense. They'll probably lose some players, you know, on that next year. So what BYU will be facing a really sound team that can run the ball. They've had some injuries, but uh, their their backup running backs have done really well. Uh, it'll be a good, solid, um, you know, team they're facing. And and obviously BYU righted the ship. You know, they had that tough period in the middle. Uh, obviously devastated by injuries. I know in the UCF game, looked like they lost almost their entire defensive backfield, it seemed. I know they, one of the young fellows had a broken arm. That was a really physical game. Uh, UCF's a very physical team. And I know BYU wasn't the same for a little while and then came back strong and, and, and won at Cal. So I think uh, BYU is uh, it's in great shape right now. It should be a very physical game. Uh, I, I expect it to be very competitive. The commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about the Miami Beach Bowl. Personally, I love the matchup. I talked about this last Friday, Mike, and when I said this is a team that maybe don't have the, the national name brand that a Cincinnati or a UCF does, but certainly they have an argument as being the best team in the American Athletic Conference right now. Correct? Yeah. Here's the thing about Memphis. Uh, we, we thought they should... You know, we thought they could easily have been chosen to be on New Year's Day. <clears throat> we felt that we have four or five teams that can beat any team in the group of five. I, I think we have the strongest conference. I really do. I simply believe it. I look at our schedule. We played the absolute toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Memphis went out to UCLA. It was a tie game with four minutes left. They lost by seven points. Anyone who saw the game knows how tough and hard fought it was. They went to Ole Miss. They didn't play Ole Miss on a neutral field. They they went to Oxford, 7-3, mid-fourth quarter. A few things went wrong, interception, and then there were some points at the end that didn't need to be scored, to be honest with you. But the point is, it was a 7-3 game, very competitive against one of the premier teams in the country. Memphis is a very sound team. They uh, they went up to Cincinnati and won 41-14. They lost a heartbreaker to Houston. Uh, they had a 14-3 lead, and they lost 28-24. Yeah, five turnovers Houston, in that game. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Houston's been a little inconsistent this year, but the point is Memphis has had a, a, a terrific season, and, you know, they, they have a, a certain pedigree. Memphis has been around a long time. They've played good football over the years, haven't gotten the attention. The program had fallen into some disrepair, but obviously Justin's done a terrific job bringing it back. Mike, I was really intrigued with the matchup of of BYU and Cincinnati in Miami. Uh, Why not Cincinnati uh, against BYU uh, and and, and putting Memphis over them? Well, Memphis had had the edge. Memphis uh, was one of our tri-champions, and they also – Defeated Cincinnati, uh, you know, pretty convincingly. So, and Memphis wanted to go to uh, to South, uh, you know, obviously South Beach, uh, Miami Beach uh, for the Miami Beach Bowl, uh, and we felt that they really had first dibs on it. And Cincinnati was very happy uh, going to the Military Bowl. That was one of their preferences, either there, there, or possibly Birmingham. Uh, we were able to match up uh, Cincinnati with Virginia Tech. That's a terrific matchup. 
Um, you know, Virginia Tech has uh, uh, Whit Babcock as their AD, and he was the Cincinnati AD until recently. So that's an interesting, uh, you know, uh, an interesting sidelight. But no, we we felt that you know Memphis should have uh, first dibs on that. I think they were. Uh, you know, viewed because of their win over Cincinnati. They didn't play UCF, and, and UCF also had a very good schedule and a, and a good uh, season and played very tough non-conference games as well. But UCF wasn't going to go to Miami because, as I mentioned, they've already played BYU, so the logical pick there was was Memphis. And, and again, Memphis got the attention of the, uh, the selection committee. Um, I think we were very close. I think if uh, Boise had slipped up in its championship game, Memphis might well have been the team. Uh, or UCF, I don't know. Probably it would have been tougher for Cincinnati because, again, Memphis had defeated them pretty, pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty uh, convincingly. Now the thing too is, um, you you look at um, a team like Memphis, and they they play an exciting brand of football. They they throw the ball, they run the ball, they play really good defense, uh, and they're very excited about this. Their fans are excited. I think you'll see. Uh, Great crowd. BYU, we know, will bring a lot of people, and uh, and we know that there's a big BYU contingent in Florida as well. So I think overall it'll be a really good matchup. AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco with us on BYU Sports Nation. You're obviously very tied into what happens at the major Division One college football level, and with yesterday's ripple effect from the college football playoff and the Big 12 getting the snub at the college football playoff, what what do you think will happen over the next few months? And uh, I believe you're at the athletic director meetings in New York as well. So, you, I mean, you're right in the heart of it. What do you think the ripple effect will be? Well, certainly there'll be a lot of conversation, guys, about you know what the, what the Big 12 might do next. I think the Big 12 will clearly be the focus, having had two really good teams not, not quite make it. So there'll be a lot of talk about realignment again. There'll be a lot of talk about expansion. There'll be a lot of talk about uh, possibly a Big 12 championship game. I think everybody has to just step back and say, look, the, the Big 12 will be deliberative. Uh, they will not uh, do anything out of any kind of panic at all. I think they'll look at um, the possibility of playing a championship game, which they frankly did not want to do and may still not want to do. But if they decide to, they can do it with 10 teams if they can get a waiver from the uh, NCAA or if they can pass have legislation passed. And in this era of deregulation and autonomy, I'm not sure that that wouldn't be uh, possible. And we've always supported that. We've felt that the conferences can determine now uh, their own uh, championship format. And, or they may decide not to play a championship game and, and remain at 10 teams and, and strengthen their non-conference schedules. That seemed to be a signal from the committee. You've got to play better non-conference schedules. Uh, they play um, a nine-game, as you know, round-robin conference schedule. So you've got to argue that one of those games should count as a pretty decent non-conference game. As you know, some of the non-conference teams that people schedule are not that strong. So I think they should get the benefit of that doubt. In the meantime, I think that uh, – you know, there's going to be a lot of talk, and, and I know the blogosphere, and I know, you know, Twitter and everything will be rife with rumors constantly, and, and we're not going to speculate on any of them. But I do think that uh, they'll look at it and say, this is what the committee told us by doing what they did, and we've probably got to adapt in some way. But I don't think it's, it's far from certain what they'll do. This notion they're just going to expand and have, a, you know, a 12 teams in a championship game with divisions, uh, to me, is, is way premature. Now, if we're being realistic and fair to the situation, Your conference, as you've mentioned, is a great non-P5 conference, a G5. But they're certainly on the radar for the Big 12 with teams like Cincinnati, UCF, and and Memphis. 
What is it like for you knowing that uh, some of your teams might be targeted by the Big 12 because you have great teams in your conference? Well, we do, uh, and and I've been through this before. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not, um, you know, new to this. I uh, I had to go through it, and it's never easy. And we obviously took some teams from other conferences. Uh, we're basically taking the position that whatever happens down the road happens. We're not going to worry about it. We uh, we want to build this conference. Uh, we've got contingency plans. We always do. You have to. Uh, you know, that's part of leadership to make sure you uh, you can deal with things as they occur. But I think our feeling is we've got a good, strong, stable group. I don't know what other conferences will do right now. Obviously, the the Big Five, we, we try not to call them the Power Five. I know the media still does, and, and we always felt that that denigrated us because our guys are very powerful when you win the Fiesta Bowl and you win national championships. But the point is, you know, we have to deal with this, and, and we know that they are attractive to teams, but we're not going to worry about it. And, and I, you know, I know the rumors are going to be flying, of course, the next five or six, seven months, whatever, and, and uh, our position will be I'm not going to speculate about it. Uh, but, again, uh, we feel that uh, we've got very attractive teams, as you mentioned. We really do. And, and we're building this. It, this is a work in progress. We're not even remotely there uh, yet where we want to be. But you can look at our league and you can look at the non-conference schedule we played. And by far, it was the toughest of any conference in the country, bar none. And, uh, you know, for instance, SMU, you know, they, they took some shots because obviously they weren't a very good team, but they certainly could have won four, three or four games if they played in another conference uh, in our group. And they also played a non-conference schedule at Baylor, TCU, A&M at home, and then went to North Texas after Ooh. that. There are very yeah. few, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're uh, you know, Ohio State or Baylor or Florida State, pretty tough surviving that stretch. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we a lot of our guys did that. If you look at our non-conference schedule, Cincinnati went to Ohio State, went to Miami, Memphis, as I mentioned, at UCLA, at Ole Miss. Uh, we probably, to some extent, hurt our chances a bit to be on New Year's Day, but we did it with the larger goal in mind, the larger vision, and that is to strengthen our conference, to do what the committee asked us to do. Uh, unfortunately, you, you can't lose three games in this new scenario. If we'd had two lost teams, I think we'd have been right there, and we might well have uh, prevailed. But we had three losses, and teams just didn't have much margin for error once they got into conference play. That's something that, you know, obviously is going to be a factor down the road, but I'm fully confident that this group will continue to get better uh, and we'll have, uh, you know, a very competitive conference. If BYU gets into a Power 5 conference at some point, Spencer, that'll be great, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Knee-jerk reaction to think the BYU is getting into the Big 12 like before next season. All I want for Christmas is a P5 invite. A P5 invite. <laughs> Can we just invite. stop being like desperate like P5? <laughs> like, let's just live our lives. Oh, my goodness. Please. What makes college football so special, and what does the future hold for BYU and its P5 conference hopes? ESPN's Trevor Maddich walks us through his vision. P5 invite, <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Happy Christmas Eve, Jerem. It's a great day. Isn't it? Saturday will be a great day as well. BYU Men's Hoops versus Gonzaga. Saturday, 6 Eastern time. Watch it on ESPN2. Listen to it on BYU Red. <laughs> Why Gonzaga? I don't know. Because it's not... The Zogs. Yeah, the Zogs. <laughs> Gonzaga. <laughs> They're a good basketball team. Gonzaga. You haven't seen them play. You're in for a treat. They're good BYU at sports. matches up with the Zags. Their football team's especially good. Yeah, wait, <laughs> what? In the inaugural year of the college football playoff, the Big 12 had one true champion. 
<laughs> or two conference co-champions, and neither were invited into the playoff. Earlier this month, ESPN analyst Trevor Maddich broke down what this decision means for the future of college football. What was your reaction to the Miami Beach Bowl matchup of Memphis and BYU? I like it. It's a good matchup, and it's a good reward for Memphis. I mean, they haven't won a conference championship since the 1960s. Now they're co-champs. It's, a, it's an excellent matchup for BYU, and it'll be a tough win for BYU if they're able to pull it off. I mean, this is very much a defensive-minded team, very solid on defense, balanced on offense. They'll throw a couple of running backs at you. One of them weighs about 210 pounds. The other one's 250 pounds. And so this is a fundamentally sound team that will require you to be disciplined to have a chance to beat them. It'll be a fun game. Yeah, won six games in a row, finished 9-3. and three. In my opinion, they're the best team in the American Athletic Conference. Amazingly, that has all taken a backseat to what happened at all a little afternoon uh, Eastern time yesterday with the announcement of the college football playoff and the four teams in. Ohio State gets in, TCU and Baylor and the Big 12 are snubbed and left out. How much does that really help BYU's potential Power 5 inclusion? Well, I think it helps a lot because when you look at what the Big 12 is going through right now, they are really upset. You've got the commissioner trying to backtrack and make excuses for the fact that they refused to name the one true champion that they said all season they were going to have that made their, their system of not having a playoff game but playing everybody in the league superior to all the other conferences. So he, he's trying to moonwalk that one. You've got the conference champion, Baylor, or co-champion, coach Art Bryles complaining that the Big 12 commissioner, or at least his office, did not promote one true champion hard enough so that the committee would have a reason to, to give them better consideration. This is in Bryles' opinion. All these things happening mean there's a lot of chaos there. And when there's chaos, there's emotion. And when there's emotion, there's catalysts for change. Right, right. Trevor, if the Big 12 does decide to expand, which teams are the most attractive to them? Well, BYU is a, a obviously attractive to them because it's a national program. There's a lot of prestige in BYU's football program and the rest of the programs as well. I mean, BYU doesn't just come in with a, with a football team. It comes in with a full athletic program that's competitive nationally. But football is king. And because BYU is a national program, there will be eyeballs from coast to coast on every single Big 12 game that features BYU. That's something they need to think about because that's important. But another thing that they can think about doesn't include BYU. I mean, they could go the other direction. And they could get eyeballs on their, on their conference by going to, say, the University of Cincinnati, massive city with outstanding high school football. And if they bring the Bearcats into the conference, they will have, you know, half the teams will be physically in the city of Cincinnati every year on road trips. You've got Central Florida and South Florida, which would put the Big 12 into the recruiting hotbed of the Southeast. Yep. And they could take both of those teams, forget Cincinnati, they could just pick those Florida teams and really concentrate on being in the state of Florida often every year. Either one of those two options would leave BYU out of the cold from a standpoint of a Big 12 if it only expanded to 12 teams. And something tells me that if they are forced to expand in order to have a conference championship game, they don't, that might not be the case. But if they are, then... I don't think they'll go past 12 teams because I really think the Big 12 likes dividing their money 
amongst as few teams as possible. Yep. They had, per team, more money than the SEC divided this year because the SEC has 14 teams and the Big Ten only splits it, or Big 12 only splits it 10 ways. Wow. The great debate is whether or not the Big 12 can get that exemption from the NCAA to host a conference champion or to hold a conference championship game with only 10 teams. So I think it really only hinges on whether or not they can get that to go through. Right, Trevor? Yeah, that's a big one. And I don't think the NCAA will, will agree to that because I think there will be pushback from the other conferences. I mean, the, the Pac-12 expanded specifically so that they could get 12 teams, two 16 divisions, and therefore qualify to have their own conference championship game. Right. And I think the other, the other conferences would not want to give the Big Ten the benefits of a conference championship game, while also the benefits of splitting money only ten ways. And so I think that they would, the other conferences would pressure the NCAA to make it a level playing field, that if the Big, ten, Big 12 wants to go that route, fine, but they have to take the same path that everybody else took to get there. Trevor, do you think the, the committee got, the, got it right with these four teams? I do. I do. Uh, the, the first three, these are the four teams that I, that I picked. The first three, I think, uh, are ones that everybody agrees with. The question really is, should it have been Ohio State, Baylor, or TCU at number four? Right. And you can make a case for Ohio State or Baylor. You can't really make a case for TCU, in my opinion, even though they might be the best of those three teams, because one true champion... They, they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker with Baylor to be the first among equals in terms of the, the co-champs of the Big 12. So, so whether it's Ohio State or Baylor, you, you can make a case for either team. And I think one of the cases you can make for uh, Ohio State over Baylor is that Ohio State's loss came in week two when they were having their freshman quarterback start his second game in place of injured senior Heisman candidate Braxton Miller. That was Ohio State's loss. Baylor's loss was at West Virginia when their best quarterback, Bryce Petty, was on the field. Right. And so I think there are reasons you could take Ohio State over Baylor that are perfectly reasonable to everybody outside of Waco, Texas. For me, it's just the, the 59 to nothing factor in a championship game. When, when I saw TCU win 56-3 to and I thought, okay, well, maybe they'll, they'll let the Horn Frogs in. I don't know. Uh, if, if they're going to determine the body of work and the eye test and all that stuff. But when Ohio State won 59 to nothing, for me, that, that sealed the deal. You just can't ignore that in a conference championship game. Well, sure. And if you want to look at it from a standpoint of complete team, think of what Ohio State has accomplished. They lose Braxton Miller preseason. Most people wrote them off for, as a playoff contender because of that. With their backup freshman, they went to number five in the nation at the end of the regular season, and that backup freshman, J.T. Barrett, elevated his play to the level of Heisman contender. Yep. Well, now they're on their third quarterback because of the injury to Barrett, and he threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, and completely lit up Wisconsin defense, which is statistically one of the best in the nation. And so I don't know how you can fail to say that Ohio State is a complete team able to overcome more adversity than any other team in the nation this year, and not just a team with a star that carries them forward. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about the Big 12 snub, the college football playoff, and how this impacts BYU football moving forward. Trevor, I, I feel like the best 
case scenario for BYU was how it played out on Saturday with uh, everything falling how it did and then the playoff committee opting to lead the Big 12 out. But the Cougars are still kind of a high-maintenance inclusion in that conference because no Sunday play and TV rights and all that stuff. What if BYU were to go as a football only? Do you think that would increase their chances of, of getting what they want in the college football world? No, I don't think that makes sense for either, either party, BYU or the Big 12. Uh, and the big reason is that the Big 12 would want BYU basketball. They would want BYU baseball and track and all the other things that BYU brings to the table. I mean, it enhances their prestige and their national competitiveness. And so as a football only, I think you start to get a little weird when you start to split off sports like that. Now, it could happen. It's possible. But because of the Sunday play that you're talking about, you know, with BYU's Olympic sports and the West Coast Conference now, that makes perfect sense there. But, you know, I think it, it, the Mountain West and the Western Athletic Conference before that were able to work it through. I think the Big 12 would be able to as well. I think the Pac-12 would have been less of a fit for BYU just because of the culture. I mean, think about Provo, Utah, and Berkeley, California. You know, it, you don't have a whole lot of common ground when it comes to that. But, but. Provo and these towns in Texas, there's a lot of common ground. So I think they'd be able to work through Sunday play. Trevor, I have this uh, this prediction that if there's one more shuffle in, in college football, that teams and, and, and conferences are going to start to hit the panic button and you'll see these, these mega conferences form. Do you think uh, with the panic right now with the Big 12 and then bringing on a team like BYU, do you think other conferences join in and, and, and gather some more uh, teams? Boy, I hope not. I, I certainly hope not. <laughs> Just because all of a sudden, you know, you will have a push towards even more playoffs. I mean, think about this. Look at the NFL. You have two conferences, the National, NFC, and the American Conference, the AFC. Sixteen teams in, in the NFC and AFC. So let's just take the AFC for fun. Those 16 teams have a three-round playoff just to determine the champion of their conference then the winner goes on to the Super Bowl, right? Well, the SEC and the ACC, these are conferences that have 14 teams already. So there's no way in the world they can come close to playing everybody in their conference. There's not enough games in the season. And then you've got a, a, a situation where they have one conference championship game. Well, if they expand any more, you'd have to have a multiple-round playoff within conferences. And some people think that's a good idea, but I, I think that the more college football becomes like the NFL, the greater the danger of losing what makes college football the greatest regular season of all of all sports. And that's because college football is the least like its professional counterpart right. of any of the other sports. Basketball has March Madness. College baseball has the College Baseball World Series. But football is different. And so the regular season in college football has every week monumental, epic battles that will shift the balance of power nationally in college football. Compare that to basketball where you have big, huge matchups between incredibly highly ranked teams, and it's just an exhibition that matters only for seeding in the postseason tournament. Well, if the more you expand conferences – the more you're forced to go more towards the NFL model, add more rounds of playoffs, and when you do that, you diminish the regular season. 
Trevor, great stuff. We thank you for bringing some solid thought to an otherwise out-of-control Big 12 chaos theory and the college football playoff. Look forward to what happens over the next month for sure. All right. Thanks, guys. I hope at one point the college football playoff extends to eight teams. I think that's perfect. To me, to try six. Buys for the first two teams. Eight. Not not beyond eight, though. Sixteen or something would be too many. No, no, too many. Six is a good four idea. Four is great, with, though. With Let's just buys. be happy with four. It's different, right? It's I'm not awesome. Gonna, I'm yeah. not going to It's complain. a playoff. Up next, what do former players think about the future of BYU football? We'll hear what Big B and Little B have to say. This is Bronco Mendenhall, and you are in BYU Sports Nation. Thank you, Bronco. Merry Christmas Eve to all of you listening across BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUsportsNation.com. Real simple syndication is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Hey, right before the Big 12 got snubbed and left out of the first ever college football playoff, one true champion, uh, former Cougar Brian Keel joined the program along with Brian Logan. They distinguished themselves as Big B and Little B appropriately and talked about BYU football's future. We're discussing the Power 5 parody that BYU Sports Nation wants to happen because there's this idea that if the Big 12 doesn't get a team into the college football playoff, that they will scramble a bit to expand and, and add two teams. And Bronco Mendenhall has made it very clear he would love to join the Big 12. I mean, what BYU fan wouldn't want to join a Power 5 conference like the Big 12 and have that kind of competition? So, Brian, do you feel like if the Big 12 doesn't get a team in this weekend, it will really have that much impact on BYU's chances of getting in? I do. Um, I don't know what their decision makers are thinking, but if they get snubbed, then they're, yeah. they're going to go back to the drawing board, if you mm-hmm. will. And they, they were at the drawing board a couple years ago when there yeah. was realignment. Things didn't work out, you know, and, and they stayed and kept – but they used to have a championship game, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. And they, they had lost, 12 teams. Yep. Yeah, and they lost that. Yep. So, so that kind of changed their thing. So now if they get snubbed, they have to. They have to at least go back to the drawing board. Does that mean we get in? Who knows? But they're at least – we're on the table. So that's all you can really ask for. I, I think – I said this um, – Earlier this week on a on an interview, uh, I got a lot of fans yelling at me and you know roasting me on Twitter. I had like <laughs> five thousand notifications every two seconds. I almost deleted my app. Gosh, I uh, can't read good anyway. Uh, but I what, what I had said and this is my my personal feeling is I think it would be good for BYU to go back to the Mountain West. And I know some fans say it's a it's a step down, but I I just don't think that. Uh, I, I think BYU isn't in, in a place where it's, uh, you know, a, a P5 school. Uh, and I'm talking more athletic-wise and, and talent. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I want to get, I want to say clear is that I think this team is one of the, the most talented teams under Coach Mendenhall. I remember, Brian, when, the, when I first met you, you said, man, you guys have way more talent. And, and you were you, probably thinking, And what? I was like, what? You're in the NFL, <laughs> man. What are you talking about? And then I said the same thing when I came back uh, and, and around the guys, with, you know, Kyle and Cody. I'm like, yeah. you guys are way more athletic. And, and, yeah. and Preston Hadley, he's he, being a GA, he's saying the same thing. So you're starting no. to see this trend, right, yeah. of, of the athleticism increase. But to compete at, at that level, I think you do need a lot more of those five-star guys. Yep. And, and the honor code obviously, obviously hurts you. Um, and so I think going to the Boise State formula and the Boise State model where you're above a Mountain West conference, but you're just uh, just right below a P5 conference, you maybe play one or two teams, uh, that, you know, one or two Power 5 teams in, in your non-conference schedule, 
go into conference and just dominate everybody, mm-hmm. right? The Hawaii's, the UNLV's. Uh, and then you have uh, a, a New Year's Six invite. Maybe potentially if the playoffs expand, you know, uh, uh, you, you get an automatic bid to a playoff. Whatever the case is, but I think that's an easy, successful formula. And Boise State has done that a number amount of times. Yeah, that's a great argument. And uh, here's the thing: I couldn't, I couldn't really attack that argument because it has a lot of valid points. I think. And, and, and you know what? I, I wasn't in the, the room when they made the decision to go independent. Mm. But I think the biggest reason was the exposure. Access yeah. and exposure. The exposure yeah. that this facility we're sitting in here and the ESPN yeah. deal that we have. And I think that was the biggest thing. Um, you know, I played on the Mountain Conference. That's right. It was terrible. I play, hey, It was good for me. I was, was on HD. Terrible. I came in on the HD day. We we mountain HD. HD. <laughs> Bro, art. Our screen, because I mean, obviously, I wasn't watching our own games, but I watched the other teams, yeah. the conference games, uh-huh. like on Thursday or earlier on Saturday. It looked like a snowstorm yeah, out it there. Was bad. <laughs> it was terrible. You couldn't see anything. It was bad. Even and with the HD, it was bad. I ma- I've made this argument before, I, 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 and I will argue this: Ziggy does not get drafted number five if we're mm-hmm. not playing on ESPN. You're right. It doesn't happen. No, I, I don't care what anybody says. He he got he didn't get drafted. This is what people don't understand. He didn't get drafted number five because he had a great season here. Right. He really didn't do that much. He flashed potential. Yeah. And he created this buzz. Yep. And then obviously he killed it at the combine and killed it at the senior bowl and all those things. But it was that buzz, yep. that hype that was created yep. that if he's playing on the mountain, that buzz and that hype doesn't and, and, doesn't and you, happen. That's a that's a great point because there has been the last oh, the last few years. There's been a lot of guys that are getting invites to the combine. When, yeah. when I was playing and looking back for you guys, there wasn't that many guys, especially year, defensively. Right, exactly. My year there was zero. zero. So yeah. uh, you know the ESPN definitely goes back to scouts being bored on a Thursday or Friday night when there's nothing else to do yeah. in the world. In their hotel, sitting in their hotel room, yeah. prepping for their next game. Of course, I'm going to turn on the game yeah. and watch. You know, watch watch BYU they, and see. They don't got the out. mountain in their no. hotel room. No, exactly. The, the 140 exactly. pixels of the mountain <laughs> and, and i mean you it, that, that brings me to the to, to you, you bring it to a good point which is you know getting guys to the nfl i think that's how you overcome the honor code yeah i mean i think hands down this is why fans you keep coach mendenhall because you have a you have guys like myself that are five six corners <laughs> jc transfers that he makes all americans yeah. you Ballers, know what i mean yeah. and and so imagine what he has when he has five star guys but at the end of the day recruits want to hear well, I have an opportunity to, to play in the NFL, yeah. and if I if I if, if I have an opportunity to play in the NFL, and if if not, you know, drinking or not smoking and doing the things I need to do to take care of my body is going to help me get there, and that's just part of the rules. Yeah. Well, sign me up, sir. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I have to go to church or you know sacrifice partying or whatever I'll the jump case through is. Those hoops. Oh, that's yeah. That's what they say. Exactly. But it may be a different story if yeah. okay, we want you to live a certain way. And you might go to the NFL. Yeah. You might not. It's a so. big, it's a big hinge right there. It is. And there's a lot of kids sitting out there across the country who never would have seen BYU play or heard of them or anything like that. But now they've at least seen a game or heard or they see Ziggy get drafted number exactly. five. Exactly. And and you know what else helps they watch us? Kyle is no that Ziggy's Kyle. killing it right now. Exactly. That's yeah. what really helps us too. He didn't just. I, I read something the other day. The, the the first twelve picks of that draft, he's the only guy holding his weight right now. Wow. The only guy. The wow. first 12 picks I'm of the for draft. Hollywood oh, to, I'm waiting for Hollywood to make that movie. Like, that has to be made it's gotta into be. a movie. It has to be, yeah. it's not, like the blind side, just this right. crazy story, you know? Independence certainly has uh, 
some beneficial things that have happened for BYU on an individual basis. And for the Cougars, you look at next year's schedule. Playing in the Mountain West Conference, guess what? You're not opening up against Nebraska and UCLA <laughs> and Michigan and getting a game at Arrowhead oh, Stadium in Kansas City. <laughs> bring it. Hey, you're, not, bring it. you're not doing that. That's and right. that, that is a benefit of being independent is you can go out and create these schedules. And Bronco Mendenhall, here, the quote is this, and he says, I don't, in, ter- in terms of talking about independence, I don't think it's sustainable. I think it's a place to be for now. I think BYU football is sustainable regardless of where. It just depends on what level we want to be sustainable at. Vintage Said that on his Bronco. weekly coaches show. <laughs> so that's Bronco? A couple I said of weeks vintage, ago. vintage Bronco. What do you think about that? I agree with that 100%. It's a stepping it's, stone. This is, this is not an ends. This is a means right now. This is just, this is just a way to get to where we want to go. And our, I think our, our hands were tied. As soon yeah. as Utah bounced, as soon as TCU bounced, I think our hands were tied. If we could have had Utah stay, TCU stay, add in Boise, yep. we had a viable conference. Yeah. But when, when those guys took off and hightailed, it was like, okay, we could stay here with these Poe Diddleys. And Boise hadn't even come in yet. We yep. could stay here and play on the mountain. Or, oh, we got this sweet, lucrative ESPN deal on the table. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. BYU right now in independence, hoping for craziness within the Big 12 this weekend that TCU or Baylor do not get in the college football playoff and that there is now some more, I guess, clamoring and uh, I guess rushing knee-jerk reaction to expand in the Big 12 conference. Brian, it has been uh, outstanding to have you on set, man. Yeah, I have one last thing that I I just thought of when you said that. As far as the selection committee, this is something to keep in mind. They have TCU however many spots ahead of Baylor right now. Yep. Why? Baylor beat them head-to-head. Right? Yes, they have the same record, and, they, and Baylor won the head-to-head game. And I've read that there's all this, well, well TCU's won more games against winning teams, and they beat Minnesota, and you know, TC, or Baylor lost to West Virginia. I don't even know all their reasoning. But anyway, my whole point is the selection committee is obviously not just taking the team with the best record. Right. With the, they're, they're making calculated choices. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just wanted to point that out to keep that in mind. And uh, as we put our karma into the universe, yes. as, we, as, we, as we root for our states, yes. as we root for our states, as we put our karma into the universe, let's just keep that in mind that the selection committee, they are they're kind of making some weird choices. So we got a chance is what I'm saying. Yes. There is one thing that Brian Kale brings to the set. And oh, that there's is, many things. That is passion for sure. Uh, I'll be honest. The Brian and Brian duo there was pretty good. I was like, how's Spencer going to... Get involved in this. Uh, there were there were about <laughs> five minutes when I was just like, I'm just going to listen. Those guys are awesome. They, they are fantastic. Flag bearers. Next That's on BYU are. Sports Nation, he's charged with finding the future players for BYU football. Jeff Martson, head of football player personnel and on-campus recruiting, joins us next. What's coming to Provo? BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Glad to have you with us. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on Christmas Wait for it, Eve. Big game coming up Saturday, BYU versus Gonzaga. 6 Eastern, ESPN2, (laughs) and BYU Ready. It's not the Zogs, it's the Zags. It's almost like a Jeff Judkins thing. Uh, Gonzaga! We got a beer Gonzaga Saturday! (laughs) We love Coach Juddy. Jamming with Juddy. Earlier this month, we spoke to Jeff Martson about how a big win at California was a big win for BYU football recruiting. Yeah, it all came down to what happened in Berkeley, and now things are shaping up well for signing day in February. 
<laughs> Signing day in a little under two months for BYU football. Uh, this is a very, very busy time of year for you, and that's probably an understatement. Yep. Uh, what's the status of uh, BYU recruiting right now? Just generalized terms. Yeah, so we were on the road um, for a few weeks, that beginning contact period of the winter. Uh, starting Monday, we're dead again, you know, so we can prepare for the bowl game and the holidays and all that. Um, so all the coaches just got back from the road today. Everybody was out all over the country. Um, we went everywhere from Hawaii to uh, Kentucky, Virginia, mm. all over the place. So they're all back and started bowl practice today, so new focus. You know, we're not focusing on recruiting anymore. We're focusing on Memphis and, and handling them while my office is getting ready for February and signing day. Sure. So how has getting to the bowl game and kind of the turnaround of the season helped with recruiting? Yeah, four straight wins. Yeah, no, that was huge. Um, there was a period in there where we were worried, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, have one injury shake up an entire roster, and um, it's something that we definitely had to overcome. But thankfully we had a guy that was ready to – step in there and, and get us some wins. Definitely uh, sealing it at Cal helped a ton. You know, we had kids there that yeah. were watching us and big stage, big opponent. So that was huge. And then hopefully we keep it going into Memphis. Just how much of an impact did that Cal game and then going into the Memphis game with some momentum help you specifically in recruiting? Definitely helped. I mean, all the kids want is to win these days, you know, yeah. and we have several kids that were actively recruiting in the Bay Area who were at the game. So that was huge for us. Um, you know, there are a couple kids where we went in who were considering us and Cal, and we think that we wow. kind of solidified those guys. So nice. it's been it's been really good for us. It, you know, and some people are like, is it really that simple? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it just is. Win. Yeah. <laughs> just, just win football games. Okay, what's the biggest concern in terms of uh, filling holes left by a specific position group right now? We, uh, I mean, our focus going forward is on the offensive line. Um, yeah. Even though we have a bunch of young guys who are playing really well, the depth isn't really there yet. Okay. So we want to build that depth for when these guys move on. We'll have yeah. guys just come in and step up. Um, in terms of like impact, immediate impact players, um, DBs we're going to need. Obviously, we got guys graduating, but yes, um, DBs that's every year here. You know, every year we need impact DBs. Yeah. Um, so the good news is we're not looking for a guy to come in and be our guy right away like we were last year. So that's uh, that's something that's changed and with the DBs. Well, just in general. Okay. We, we will need some DBs to come in and play right away. Yeah, because, you know, last year you guys made a, a big splash with the receivers and, yeah. you know, getting guys like Jordan Leslie going the JC route, Nick Kurtz. Uh, I, would, I would assume with guys graduating uh, in, in the secondary, Rob Daniel, Craig Beals, um, you know, I know Jordan Johnson's, you know, trying to get his red shirt back. But, um, you know, a lot of, lot, of, lot of holes to fill in. Um, do you guys plan to go that route, that JC route for those DBs? Definitely. With uh, at least one, we'll take at least one JC DB. Uh, I see us signing probably four DBs this year. Ooh. Wow. So um, we have fun, you know, we'll need guys to come in and, and impact right away. So Jeff Martson of BYU. Sorry, let me get this. Let me get this straight. <laughs> get again. right. Okay. Director of Player Personnel and On-Campus Recruiting coordinator. That's correct. That's impressive. Yeah, that's right. isn't it? There you go. Woo! I wasn't even looking at that. <laughs> no, you that was a good job, man. Basically, he uh, makes the wheels turn when it comes to BYU recruiting and where the coaches need to put their emphasis and uh, send the guys to the right places. Last year, there was this big scramble at quarterback, uh, and you have Taysom Hill coming back next year. He has already announced that, which is great. I mean, Heisman Trophy candidate. Yep. 
Christian Stewart, however, has been fantastic in yep. the backup role and now is the starter. He graduates after uh, the Miami Beach Bowl. So how is the quarterback situation behind Taysom right now for BYU football? Uh, that was an emphasis, too. Um, we, I believe, will sign three quarterbacks, probably sending one on a mission. That's mm. just okay. my hope. Um, and good good players, good quarterbacks that will be able to come in and play. Um, so something that, that was there, you know, there's really not a whole lot of depth after Christian leaves at all. You guys know that. We had guys transfer yeah. out that were supposed to be those kind of guys. So um, it's a good opportunity for a young guy to come in and, and learn for a year and then you know, yeah. take over. And also we got Tanner Mangum coming back from his mission. So it would yeah. be prime, prime timing for that to happen. Yeah, too. what kind of an impact do you expect Tanner to make on the BYU football program? Is he going to be more of a Christian Stewart-type quarterback? Well, he yeah, he comes back. He doesn't get back till June, so he'll miss spring ball okay. and get back right before fall camp. So it'll be tough for him to have a huge impact that first year. Um, but with the transition, he'll have a year under Taysom and then hopefully take over the reins. Um, and he's got it all. You know, he's he's a pocket guy that can sling it around, and he's got, also got some athletic ability to him. He's very similar to Christian Stewart. Okay, the Idaho connection from Taysom yeah, Hill to now Tanner Mangum from Eagle right. Idaho. And uh, Tanner, some some of you know this, but some of you might not. He was co MVP with Jameis Winston at the ESPN Elite Jameis. Eleven camp. Yeah, I'll take Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. You know, you know, he signed the honor code, so he's yeah, good. especially here. Yeah, I'll take Tanner here. Do sure. you guys plan on going after more of the the senior transfers? Again, like like you did the graduate I, Yeah, I hope yeah. so. Um, it really just comes down to you know that's not something you can really plan. It's those were all just kind of happenstance. Okay. Um, so if that becomes available, it's something we'll definitely look into. That fits here um, with the limited time that those guys have to, you know, abide by the standards and, and right. so. When they only need to be here for six months, it's easy. You can take a lot more uh, personalities. Yeah. Yeah, Man, yeah, did that ever work lot. out with Jordan Leslie, too? Absolutely, yeah. Holy cow, what an impact that's a, that's he's had a, on That's BYU a guy team. you could actually – you could have had him and his personality the way he lives his life all four years. Definitely. Five years if he read Jordan it. would have made it all four years, no yeah. problem. Yeah, definitely. It hurts knowing that he's not coming it back. Does. But it's it also incredible that he gets to go out and play in a bowl game. How, how does, does guy, getting guys like that, you know, not an LDS – I think he's what half white, half black. Let's just call him black. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How does getting a guy like Jordan help you with with recruiting uh, for you know some of the younger guys, freshmen that you're bringing in that that aren't LDS? No, it's huge to have non LDS guys here that that love it and live it and just live BYU. You know, Jordan's like that. Nick Kurtz is like that. Mm. Um, so having those guys able to host recruits that come in that are in a similar situation and show them, hey, you can make it here. I'm making it here, and I love it here. And you know, it'll be the same for you. It's huge. Three quarterbacks, though. Plus Tanner Mangum, back from mission. So Okay. You have three new ones next year. You have one on a mission. There's some talented dudes. Dudes that will compete with Tanner Mangum. And it was interesting that he said that Tanner Mangum is a quarterback just like Christian Stewart. Yeah, and we saw, uh, we saw Tanner Mangum play for BYU. Got a little run in the spring game uh, two years ago. And so, talented dude. Big, big get for BYU. Some people had... Rumors of him transferring. He's going to be a Cougar, it looks like. Coming up, we give you our thoughts on today's guests and what our biggest takeaways are for the Cougs moving forward. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan about to put a bow on this Christmas Eve Put a bow. Gonzaga bow. <laughs> Christmas Eve, man. Brian. Best holiday. Yes, Brian. Stu- I'm Stewie. 
I'm I'm excited for Christmas. It's Christmas Eve is almost better than Christmas. The anticipation yes. of yeah, of this it's like the really off season nice. versus the season. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? August but, like oh, 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 New Year's Six. Oh, undefeated. Oh. <laughs> and then you win a few big games. This is and- this is Christmas, and this is Christmas Eve. I guess. <laughs> How good? Yes. No, this is Christmas Eve, and this is Christmas. The small goggles and the big goggles. That is an accurate depiction. Yeah. Well played. Our radio listeners are like, I have no idea. Yeah, what's well, they yeah. know what the blue goggles are, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't know which one was. Christmas we don't have a Eve show on Christmas Day, by the way. Yeah, take it easy. Open presents with family. Be with family. Listen, I know that we're like pseudo family with all of you, but take it easy on Christmas, okay? We we'll do be back. Have, we'll be back on Friday. Yeah, we do have a show on the 26th, the best of, with Chase Fisher, Tyler Hawes, Dave Rose, BYU Basketball All Access. Take the goggles off, man. Okay, I'm taking them off. <laughs> and Sports Illustrated's Jeff Benedict. Today's Rise Good. and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about Carlos Padilla? Oh, we had fun in Miami. It was great. Very appreciative of everything that Carlos and his crew did. Executive director of the Miami Beach Bowl. Boy, he brought it at South Beach, creating an awesome bowl game experience. So, Carlos, we salute you. Thanks to all of our guests and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation, Spencer. I will do that. You, you already do. I already it's those do those who don't do that. that list. Yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jerem. Hey, you too, man. And right. happy Hanukkah. High five. High five. Woo! Show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Tom Young. Tom Young. Start of the Bro of Steve. The Christmas 90, Day Bowl game, 92. 92. That's yeah, right. It's Kansas. Later. Sports.